I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm, please visit excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn. Hello and welcome to the conversation on Colloquium. Today, I'm excited to have, and I've been told that I need to call her this, Zap with me today, (laughs) but can you maybe give people your full name so they can look you up if they want to check you out later? Yes, my full name is Haley Zapolsky, a good Polish name. And I I just started going by Zap because, I don't know, I wanted to be a little bit more memorable. And actually, there's another Haley I work with, and people started calling me Haley too. I got, I got pissed off. Honestly, I, I get it. I mean, <laughs> my name is Brian Adams, which you're you might be too young to know, but this kind of well-known '80s rock star, and it's kind of good and bad. People remember me, but you get all these awful jokes. So we'll go with Zap, whatever you feel comfortable <laughs> with. We'll, we'll just roll with it. But we connected initially during kind of the height of the pandemic. I was looking to make some more inroads back to the Entrepreneur Center, which we can talk about because. I remember the EC back when it was below or above kind of brewery on Second Avenue or Broadway Brewhouse a long time ago. And it's come a long way, which I want to learn more about. But before we kind of get into it, maybe give folks a little bit of background on yourself, where you're from, how you landed in Nashville, how you started working with the EC. Sure. I'm originally from Iowa, so nowhere too exciting. I went to University of Michigan, had no idea what the heck I was going to do with my life beginning of my senior year, my boyfriend and I broke up. And it was one of those, like, I thought he was the love of my life. And then the next day, I got this random message on LinkedIn from this startup guy in New York. I was like, all right, like, I usually wouldn't even respond to that because it would be spam. So I took that, uh, ended up just being this intern for them, then was the eighth person on the team, moved to New York, helped scale the product, 
But also when I went to New York, was just really disenchanted, I would say, with the startup scene there. You know, you just have to raise, you have to have VC money. You have to have that Ivy League degree. You have to have at least $5 million to do anything. And that's just not who I am. Like, I'm scrappy. Like, I want to root for the underdog. Uh, And honestly, things just didn't work out at that startup. And I went back home to Iowa for a little bit. And I found this job posting at the EC uh, because I was looking at essentially startup incubators or entrepreneur centers around the country. I was like, this is perfect. And I had never been to Nashville in my life. But I didn't tell them that in my interview. In my interview, I was literally on Wikipedia being like, I love hot chicken. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I'd never even been here. Um, But I mean, long story short, now I just bought a home in town. I'm here to stay. I feel like my soul has always belonged in Nashville. I didn't come on purpose, but I'm staying on purpose. But I actually, I had a few virtual interviews and they still never even called me down. And I called up the COO and I told him I was coming to Nashville for a wedding if they wanted to interview me, which is also a lie. (laughs) He knows this now. He knows all of this. So there was no wedding, but they did want to interview me in person. Luckily, had the interview. Started at the EC with no specific role, actually. So my first month was just exposure to everything. And ever since, I've sort of crafted my own role of always managing the community here and now i've expanded into a bunch more things i have a team underneath me but pretty much anything that involves the entrepreneurial community or people i have my hands on in some shape or form well you skipped over an important part of your college experience you did crew right yes i did row so i am a crazy person yeah i was gonna say that 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 was my point was that you did division one crew which certifies you as a stone cold psycho which i like a lot yes And I've continued with being a psycho, just so you know, is I was supposed to race my first Ironman triathlon last year. COVID canceled it, but we have, it's on the books for this year. So Ironman training round two. Plenty of opportunity to punish yourself (laughs) on a daily basis and and judge yourself against others that are also crazy. I promise I'm the most like recreational insane athlete ever though. Like I'm out here for my 15 mile jogs trying to have a good time. (laughs) You're, you are a unique snowflake. It's not my cup of tea, but, but good for you. So, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we got live, but my wife's family has invested in the healthcare venture capital space for a long time, probably over 25, 30 years. And we have worked with Solidus. We've worked with Jumpstart Foundry. And so that's how I initially got plugged into the Entrepreneur Center was when I first moved. I'm a New Yorker, so I'm not from Nashville. But when I moved here, People just kind of said, you need to go to DC and meet people. And that was when it was just getting started. It was in a small little space above a bar downtown. I think it was on Broadway. And it's become a lot more. So for people who aren't familiar, what is the Entrepreneur Center? What is the mandate? What do you all do? How do you work with the community here in Nashville? Sure. I'd love to give the spiel. So the Entrepreneur Center was started 10 years ago. In 2010, it was... People from the Chamber of Commerce, the Tech Council, and a bunch of entrepreneurs sitting in a room saying, okay, if Nashville is going to be this it city, this next hot thing, you know, it's not just going to be Amazon bringing jobs here or whatever the Amazon of 2010 was. We really need this homegrown economic development. We need to support people with the ideas because whenever a company succeeds, like Nashville wins, because that is employing Nashvillians, that's putting 
I mean, if the investors are Nashvillians, they're making more money. It's bringing more jobs to Nashville. Just Nashville-based companies are always going to be more impactful for the city. So that is how the EC was born. Our mission is very simple. It's to equip entrepreneurs with the resources that they need to launch and grow their businesses. I kind of think of it that there's three ways that we do that. Programs, membership community, and then ecosystem. So what that means, I'll dive into it. So programs is our very formal cohort-based type of experience for founders to go through with their babies, with their companies. We run all different types of programs for different stages of business, different industries. We run specifically, you know, a program for entrepreneurs of color. Now we run a small business program that I manage. So it is a wide variety of supporting small businesses to these high growth startups and catering directly toward them, depending on which program there is. The next piece, like I said, is going to be this membership community, which I've always managed since I came to the EC. And it's fun because it touches everybody. If you're in a program, you're a member. If you're an advisor or volunteer, you're a member. If you're, let's say, a corporate sponsor or even just a big company investor, you can interact as a member or you could just get involved as a member. Entrepreneurship really is about you need a community. I mean, it's the loneliest job out there. It's a super confusing job. Uh, you can read a million books about how to start a company and it'll never answer your questions. It'll never make you feel better as sometimes just having a conversation with someone who's been there, done that, or is going through the same thing. So really just connecting people around this piece and just the, the serendipity of meeting the right person at the right time that helps you get overcome a challenge or check that next thing off your list or make that sale, whatever that might be. And then this final rung is going to be ecosystem. That's a little bit more vague, but we want to make Nashville the best place in the country to start a business. And that exists outside of our four walls. So a couple of things there is we run this service called Navigation, where we help navigate folks to the best resource in town for them. Nashville is a very entrepreneurial city. We are not the only players in this game. There's a ton of folks and organizations that are here to help you grow your business. They get started or whatever piece along the way. So we essentially navigate people to where they need to be, whether that be us or someone else or the both of us. And then just bigger picture, always looking at you know, how the EC can get involved and support different projects. So and ecosystem things tend to spin out and they enter into the membership community and programs thing eventually once they become more formalized too. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, when, when people move to Nashville and they are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs and they say, you know, where should I go? I should get plugged in. Before I knew you, I would just kind of say, <laughs> I would just kind of say, Hey, you need to go to the EC and just show up. And, and they'll just take care of you and, and kind of be your Sherpa through this whole thing. And, and so it is a wealth of resources and you all do an excellent job. And it's really grown, I mean, tremendously, frankly, from, from where it was. We were kind of, I wasn't directly involved, but I knew some of the folks that were and very much building the plane while you're flying it. And now you have specific programs, you have track record, you've got great resources. So along those lines, where are you finding, I mean, how did you navigate COVID over the last year? And what were those challenges like? Sure. <laughs> so I went immediately in my head to me personally. And I was like, Oh, gosh, it's been quite a year. That's so, okay. We can go to you personally, if you want. Like I said, I've always managed our membership community. So I'm an in person gal, I'm used to people 
knocking on my office door a million times per day. Like if I kept track of how many, of course I had these meetings, but how many just these impromptu meetings of people just show up. And I used to just tell people like, don't even book a time with me. Just like show up to my, just come to the office and like catch me in a free moment. And that's how, and it's crazy. That's how I got most things done. And, or it would just catch people out of it. Just being together. Our space was actually right before COVID was almost completely, we were maxed out. We were finally at capacity, which had always been my goal was to reach capacity. And then of course, COVID hit. The first thing that we did though, is we did pivot virtually. And we honestly looked toward leaders who had been through a crisis before. So I remember literally the day we weren't even closed yet, but staff was no longer coming in. I came in because I terrible Wi-Fi. And we ran a panel where we found a lot of CEOs and founders who had either navigated through the 2008 market crash, really affecting their business, or 9-11. And some of those folks even had those businesses in New York. Because we didn't, nobody knew what the hell was going on. Like, think about this, like last March, like, I thought we were going to close for two weeks. And businesses were scared trying to pivot for a two week timeline. So that's what we really talked about is focusing on like what to do in the uncertainty, like what to make plans for, how to manage a team in uncertainty. So we are working with entrepreneurs to do that. And of course, even the EC ourselves is trying to figure that out as well. I remember my biggest fear was honestly managing interns remotely. I was so afraid. I was like, I cannot manage a bunch of 19 year olds over an internet, over the internet for my life ended up not being as bad as I thought. But so much of our focus has been around for our high growth startups, oftentimes pivoting or really trying to find alternative ways. I mean, I think the investment community slowed down a little bit, but truly tech has continued to surge in COVID. So more often than not, I found people, you know, they actually made an opportunity in the COVID world if they were able to pivot, if they were able to adapt and I mean, they're building virtual, oftentimes they're building a tech product. Think of how much more technology has come out in the past year. Every restaurant you know has had to figure out ways to, you know, the scanning your your menu or the takeout options. And that's just like one simple example, but like it's forced tech to become even more at the forefront. So most of our high growth startups, I think, have found ways to thrive or at least just stall and wait for investments to pick back up again. And then the flip side is going to be the small businesses who really had to change. And if they weren't, so many of those folks weren't tech enabled already, or perhaps like weren't really prepared for something like this to happen and working with them to get ready to go into this virtual world, get ready to be a little bit more entrepreneurial and find other revenue streams or even figure out, you know, so many folks just need to get like their start tracking these metrics that they were never tracking because so many people just get into business and they don't even know like where they're making money and where they're losing money. As long as they're in the green each month, they're pretty good. So working with that, helping people get the PPP money. Yeah, I can go further into it. But and that's the the Renew National Program. Is that right? Yeah. So I should maybe back up and explain that. So the EC has always strived. I mean, we want to support all businesses, but we definitely are. Most of our programs have specifically focused on high growth businesses, I would say. And there's sort of this debate of like, what does that mean? A high growth business just scales in a different way. Oftentimes they're looking for some sort of capital to 
build a tech product. And it's expensive to build tech products. While a small business can still make a ton of money and grow to be very big, but the way that they scale might be in a more incremental way as they just grow their team or make more sales, take on more clients, whatever that might be. But Renew Nashville was really the big thing this year in COVID. So it was this past October, essentially the city was just finally getting ready to make decisions around where to allocate CARES Act money. And they wanted to obviously give some directly to businesses in the form of grants, but they also wanted to give some in some other forms because one, a lot of businesses still weren't able to necessarily receive those grant money. They might not have their paperwork in place. They might've started the business in COVID when they lost their job, whatever that might be. And even if you have money, it's like, okay, what do we do with this money now? I think that's where the EC came into play. So that's where Renew Nashville comes in. It's a pandemic response program for small businesses, and it's in partnership with four other nonprofits in town and Metro City Council. And our role was really to provide programming. So what that literally looks like is, I mean, there's obviously a million, I hosted like a webinar on Zoom every single day for three months straight. So I am, Zoom fatigue is... It's a little better. Sorry, backing up in March, April, May, I used to I had to host Zoom networking like every single day. So I'm glad I don't have to do that any longer. I'm glad everyone else got tired of that so I could stop. (laughs) But I hosted the Zoom workshops. But I think the most valuable aspect of what we have is these one on one meetings. So as part of Renew Nashville, we have 122 folks specifically who are serving as business advisors. They can work. It's a variety of industries. It's a variety of topics. But they're really there to talk to you about this big picture strategy, 30,000 foot view, what's going on, where are we going, what can we do, what are the options, let's brainstorm sort of role. How can I help? Who can I connect you with? And then we have one-on-one meetings with our office hours. So we have 12 different office hour to, uh, topics. Those are a little bit different because instead of general strategy, they're very more specific services. So you can talk to a lawyer an accountant, a website developer, a marketer, who else? An SEO specialist, an e-commerce specialist. Let's see, I'm at six. There's six more. I can't even remember. Well, we we applied, my company applied to a program you were running and we qualified for a free consultation with a PR professional. And it was, it was great. It was awesome. We learned a ton and it was purely just because the EC was doing these cool things for for companies. It was great. Yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to do the PR session. Yeah, it was it was very worthwhile. So for for folks that are listening that maybe have a startup or they're they're contemplating getting into that space, when is the right time for them to come in and what is the best way that they can leverage all the resources that the entrepreneur center has? Mhm. There's no bad time. I mean, sometimes and I tell people like it never hurts to ask. I if you want to talk to me, like I will tell people, like I don't know, or I'll be like, I can't help you. No, <laughs> and it's not that I don't want to help, but it's just I'll be honest, I'm literally not capable. If I could, I would, because some folks do come in with just you know we do run an idea stage program, so I'll point them toward that. But let's say they don't want to do that, it might be hard for me. But I think no matter what, no matter where you're at, maybe you don't even have an idea. You're just interested in entrepreneurship. You need to surround yourself with it. Honestly, like you need to absorb it. 
I've had so many people who, and it's harder in COVID because, you know, we're not having as many in-person events, but they're coming back. You know, people were, vaccines are great. I have, the calendar will be filling up with these in-person events. And I, I've had people come in and say, all right, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's like, okay, do you have an idea? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's start there. Just go hang out with entrepreneurs, talk to entrepreneurs, be around them. And this is the place to do it, which is awesome. And I've had people come and you do have to commit to it though. But people who come and commit and they find themselves working with someone who is, you know, a bit more seasoned with starting a company, or finally they see someone else's idea and they're like, oh my goodness, like that sparked me having this idea, or I just never even thought about things that way. Entrepreneurship is definitely non-traditional thinking. That's not what they teach you in school. They don't teach you how to start a company or to, you know, solve these problems. They, they want to teach you to probably work for someone else. So it's kind of revolutionary, the people who hang out here. They're crazy. I love it. <laughs> so come no matter what. But also, you know, come if you're ready to scale, if you need support on that, if you're ready to say, all right, I've been working in my business forever. I'm realizing I need to work on my business and actually get my ducks in a row and you know, dot my I's and cross my T's. And I know that's really vague, but I mean, you can always come say hello to me. I'll talk to mostly anyone. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will echo that sentiment that I just started sending people to Haley. I started just sending stuff to her and she is, you know, air traffic control over at the Entrepreneur Center. I so think good things have happened out of some of those things. Yeah, 100%. So now that you've been doing this for a while, this might be an unfair question, but are there themes and recurring motifs that you see for people that actually are able to go from idea to launching a venture? You're asking like, who is an entrepreneur? Yeah. What are common characteristics that you see for folks that actually are able to get from the concept of having an idea to launching a legitimate company? And it's just a great question in general, I think, but, but more so, you know, there's all of this activity around people starting up ideas because of the pandemic, just like we saw during the great recession. So I, I think we're going to see a spur of activity in this space, but you and I both know the numbers are not great for people that actually are able to accomplish it. So I'm curious if there are, you know, things that you see that are common characteristics for people that are successful in that world. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a debate, I would say, in the community of like, oh, are people born an entrepreneur? You're made and it's probably somewhere in the middle. But I mean, it definitely just starts like being crazy enough to do something on your own. I think my work here is so revolutionary because, you know, like I said, they don't teach you entrepreneurship in schools. They, I think like the government wants you to graduate and wants you to depend on the paycheck from someone else because then you're making someone else money. They're extracting your value off of you. And it's revolutionary to teach people to say, all right, this is how you can build your own wealth and you can, you know, quote unquote, become the man and build the culture that you want to see in this world. But to develop that mindset of being like, all right, I can do this and this is who I want to be, it just takes a hint of crazy. So that's the number one thing is I love working here because everyone who walks through these doors, whether they succeed or not, wanting to do something different, wanting to go against the grain is really what connects them all. I think some other characteristics is like folks who have failed. Like you have to be open to failing or maybe you've probably failed in your past or like there's just no other option so you're like screw it I'm doing this I feel like time and time and again when you hear like an entrepreneurial journey it'll be someone 
will say, well, you know, I was fired from my job and this is what I had to do. Or I was a single mom who had to take care of my kids and somehow make money. So this is what I had to do. Or, you know, I got, I, I got fired from my job. That's why I said you were. Mm-hmm. No way. I love a getting fired from your job story. <laughs> it was a little, there's much more drama than, than that. But yeah, I mean, to reduce it to a kind of a one statement, it was more or less like I was in a place where I didn't know what to do. And so I just said, screw it. I'm going to take what was a side hustle and try to try to do it. So yeah, that's that was 11 I, years ago. That's what I'd say is number two is people who are like, who can suffer hardship and find like the silver lining in it. And like, maybe even be like, I'm going to make money off the silver lining now. Okay. Is common. And then, I mean, people who want to solve problems and people who are willing, the joke around here is why work 40 hours for someone else when you can work 80 hours for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that is the truth, (laughs) but it's, it sucks, but obviously people choose to do it because it's like it's worth it to them to be their own boss, to have this freedom and know that if they do succeed, they reap all the benefits instead of giving all those benefits away. So the, the inverse of that question would be, what are some red flags that you see of people that you just say, hey, this might not be for you or mm. that you've seen play out where they, they, they don't last it more than three or six months? Mm-hmm. Well, truly, so that's why we run our pre-flight program. So pre-flight is our idea to launch. And we talk about how, I mean, a lot of the people who go to the program don't end up launching the business. And that's not necessarily a failure because you learned it up front. So it's like, how can you get deeply exposed into the world of entrepreneurship and like really understanding like what your business concept is, what you need to do, what is your market potential, like who is your customer and then folks go through all this and they're like, oh, dang, maybe not. Like, never mind. This isn't necessarily for me. So that's still a win. Like, if you come here and you're like, I don't, this is not for me. Like, we're like, that's okay. It, it can't be for everyone because someone else needs to work for the entrepreneurs anyways. But I mean, honestly, the biggest red flag is, oh my gosh, there's so many like fakepreneurs. Like, it's just a buzzword nowadays. Like, everyone wants to be a founder. Hmm, okay. Yes. So sometimes we joke, it's like hard to tell here. So people who just really want to be an entrepreneur for like the clout or like the the, the social the cachet factor. or the currency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't go deeper into like, what is this? About? They don't even have a problem that they necessarily want to solve. They just want to have a company. And so I just feel like the, it's such an extrinsic motivation And I just want to tell those people and be like, you need to be like intrinsically motivated by something to succeed. This isn't going to work for you. You can't just do it for the gram. Yeah. Yeah. You could. I mean, people somehow sometimes make that work, but it's just, you'll never build something truly incredible and great. Yeah. That makes sense. And then talk about the advisor network, the alumni network, what the leadership looks like. Because I know there's been some turnover at the EC. Obviously, over 10 years, people are going to kind of come and go. What what does that currently look like? And and how does that ecosystem and community play into what you all do? Okay, let me think where to start. Lots of different questions. So I do manage our advisor network. I'll start there. We have over 300 advisors. They're the EC's best asset. And I say that all the time. Most surprising thing when I came to work here is that I thought we'd have to be like recruiting people to volunteer and advise companies. People are knocking at our doors. And sometimes I even have to tell them no, because I don't necessarily have businesses for them to work with. 
Yeah, that's why I reached out to you. I, I just yeah. wanted to help. I and I sent you uh, like a fundraising thing the other day just to help people who are trying to raise capital. So yeah, yeah I think that it's part of the Nashville community. And I mean, it's such a fun way to give back. Obviously, there's so many ways that you can give back, but giving back your talents and expertise feels plus your time feels really good as opposed to like just giving your time or just giving your money. Cause you're like, Oh, this is something like I'm just really sharing of mine with someone teaching someone is incredible. So our advisor network is very strong. And I mean, it's always growing because people hit me up all the time and it's diverse. It's all different industries. I joke. It's a lot of like retired folks who retire and they're like, Oh, I'm bored now. Like I want to actually get some sort of job, but not a full-time job. So let me become an advisor at the EC and see if I can meet some companies who need some help. So that's, I think that's a healthy thing though. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. But it's always funny when someone calls me up and they're like, I'm sick of golfing. Give me (laughs) a job to do. Yeah. Our advice network. I mean, we have over 800 alumni who have graduated from our program. So And I mean, those alumni are even all over the country. People come to the EC from New York, LA, San Francisco for our project healthcare and project music programs. And hope we hope that they, you know, relocate to Nashville. And then, I mean, I just think the EC network is, that's why, I mean, that's why I love working here. Anyone who's like powerful in this town is nine times out of 10, they're an entrepreneur. So they are connected in some shape or form to the Entrepreneur Center because that's all of your business leaders. That's all of your most successful folks and the people giving talks, the people in the business journal. So it's definitely a great place to be like every day here. Not as much in COVID. That's always been a bummer. But like, it'll be like, oh, my God, like, guess who's in the building? And to me, it's a celebrity. To someone else, it might not be a celebrity, but I nerd out over being like, oh, they started this company and then they started this company. Yeah. I get stoked about it. So here's the question, because I've known a lot of folks in similar roles as yours at the Entrepreneur Center. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Yeah. So it's always kind of this funny thing for me because people always put me in this category of entrepreneur and I'm straight up always like, I am not like a true entrepreneur. Like I don't have a true, I am a little bit, but I'm good at building. How do I talk about this? I don't know. I I had like a little company in college. I ran a party business. I know how to start things, but you know what I suck at doing? Making money. (laughs) (laughs) You need a partner. You need to find a partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really good at, I mean, I think like I will always touch entrepreneurship for the rest of my life. But what I'm good at is being a first follower. And that's the most important. That's after the founder. That's the next most important person is being someone who is like, all right, you're insane, but I like it. And I'm going to follow this and like get people to rally behind you. I think like that will continually be my role. And that's part of the reason I came to the EC is that I wanted to start a company, but I just didn't feel like I even knew enough. And like working here exposes you to so much. And learning my my true talent lies within building. And they know here, like they know if they, I can't just keep operating. If I only operate, I get bored. So like Renew Nashville was the best three months of my life was like, cause I had to build it from the ground up. And right now I'm in operating mode and they're like, all right, Zap, you just bought a house, like chill, like just operate. And I'm like, please like give me something else to build. Like, let's get started. 
But the money part is where I just haven't put things together yet. But I'm around people who are good at that. <laughs> so let's let's dig in a little bit more to what you're just saying. What is on the horizon for the Entrepreneur Center? Obviously, the world is opening back up. People are getting vaccinated. In-person meetings are happening again. Businesses are starting. What are what are the what are the ideas that that you're hoping to execute on with the EC over the next you know six twelve months? Geez, I'm trying to think of like what I should share versus maybe not share. Because what if I don't end up doing it? <laughs> so why don't you and I talk offline? But why don't we do a capital raising 101 workshop? I think we could definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> of we course. Can do that. People come to me all the time being like, oh, can we do this? And I'm all, I'm like the yes man. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go for it. All right. So yes, we can definitely do that. We did a great workshop on that in COVID actually about just how to like, how to work with investors and how to build a, uh, your pitch deck. And I think it's just one of those topics that goes back. Everyone needs to know how to raise capital. Also, I think here's the thing about raising capital is people overcomplicate it. It's very hard, but like the process is not that hard. It's doing sales. It, it, it's actually really straightforward if you do it right. But people dress it up and they make it complicated because they're not good at it, I think. so. Yeah, agreed. But yes, I'm down for that. Well, I will say that that is what's on the horizon is hopefully we're moving back to in-person workshops where hopefully you're learning things. But also, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about when they're in person is you're connecting with people who care about learning the exact same thing that you want to learn about. So there must be some synergy there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the time. Those are all my questions. Is there anything else you want to talk about with EC? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Entrepreneurship is a radical act in today's day and age. And I think that it's a very special thing to get involved with. And I wasn't really sure what my place in this world was in COVID because you're like, oh, like, maybe capitalism is bad. That was me like in like April. I'm like, this is bad. Like, I, am I even helping people? Like, is this even good? And I had to do some soul searching. And I mean, I, I'm just brought back to the EC and like loving my job here because I mean, capitalism is the name of the game. You're not going to get anywhere sitting on the sidelines. So, you know, I get to help people, especially non-traditional founders get in the game and access financial freedom, access just creating the type of workplace that they want to work in, the job that they want to work in, solving a problem that they've always wanted to solve. That's all. That's just my soapbox about why I love what I do. Well, I can feel the passion coming through the screen. So, you know, I have a theory that kind of like Buddha would say that you're on the right path when you're able to marry your professional acumen with your personal personal passion. Totally. Clearly, you are in a sublime state. So you should just keep riding that wave because it is a rare thing. I can promise you that. Well, I know. Is there somewhere where you can tell your listeners how to get in touch with me if they'd like to chat? This is where I tee you up to do just that. You (laughs) you, you jumped ahead of the curve. So go for it, girl. What is it? Yeah. uh, Add me on LinkedIn, Haley Zapolsky, or shoot me an email. Haley dot Zapolsky, Z is in zebra, A, P is in Paul, O L S K I at ec.co. Our website is ec.co, or you can just give uh, Renew Nashville a Google. It takes five minutes to sign up. But I'm always, like Brian said, you know, I'm happy to talk to anyone and figure out how we can help get you plugged in and get you where you want to go. 
Zap, thanks so much for the time. I really Thank appreciate you. it. It's been fun. I'm I'm excited to actually grab coffee with you in person at some point. We never met face to face, but I feel like <laughs> it, it's coming soon. I think so. I'm hopefully, ready. <laughs> I'm 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 there. I am 100 there. And for the record. I think Iowa is a good place. I just don't think enough people have spent time there. I've gone there a number of times. It's an excellent place. I just think it gets short shrift by being in Central America. People from Iowa are incredible. They're hardworking. They're very humble. I am by no means a representation of Iowa. People think I have an Iowan accent and I'm like, no, I just talk like this. People in Iowa do not talk like this. <laughs> this is a, exclusively a me thing, but... Hopefully I give us a good look still. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage all my listeners to reach out to Zap and the Entrepreneur Center. Like I said, I've known about it since it started. It's an incredible resource. We're very fortunate to have it in town. They do some unbelievable things. And I've met some incredible people through EC events. And I definitely encourage people to get involved and get engaged. So Zap, thanks for the time. I hope you have a nice weekend and good luck with all of your fun training. Yes. you put it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the conversation on Colloquium. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please like, rate, or leave us a review. And stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 